Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Just pick their brain, ask them questions, and then also have a team around me like these attorneys that are able to get the paperwork together that protects me. From, for instance, the questions that Joe was asking me about my partner, extremely important. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today. Mike Stoller. How you doing, Mike? Doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to hear it. And it's my pleasure. A little bit about Mike. He is a full-time managing partner of Gateway Private Equity Group, where they have owned or currently own multifamily, single-family rentals, and hotels. He currently does hotel syndications and owns a virtual assistant company that specializes in helping people in real estate. His portfolio consists of over 1,500 multifamily units owned or managed, around 20 single-family properties, and two branded hotels based in Scottsdale, Arizona. So with that being said, Mike, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. As everyone knows, there's a great Robert Kiyosaki book. That's how we got started. Way back in the day, I call it PG pre-Google days and knew that real estate was it. Got started, jumped in and failed miserably. Immediately bought eight houses in small town, Indiana. But I couldn't Google on how to be a landlord. So we failed miserably. I learned so much. And I knew that it was the right thing to do. So I actually went and got a job at a company that owned 8,000 units and learned how to become a landlord. And fast forward to coming here in, in Scottsdale, we thought, this is it. I have the experience now. And I was an airline pilot at the time and quit being an airline pilot, went full-time real estate investments, and here we are. But man, did I learn a lot through failure. How much money did you lose when you failed miserably? Back then, it was probably $150,000. Wow. So much so, we had to sell our house. We had to move in with my wife's father. We basically lost it all. Because here's the thing is, if you go to the wrong seminars, there are some wonderful people, and then there's the not so. But they said, hey, just do it. So we put down payments on credit cards. 
we just jumped in, right? Mm -hmm. So we did everything wrong. And I didn't know what I didn't know in order to survive. Mm -hmm. Looking back on it, what were a couple of the tactical mistakes that you made? Number one is being focused on just one aspect. Now, when I look back, once I started struggling, there are so many exit strategies that you can do. You can lease them back out. You can resell them. There's just so many other things, but I just didn't know it. So when I failed, I thought, well, I have to give it back. I didn't know that there was any other way. I didn't try to exit out and have any strategies because I, I didn't know of any. There's no books. There's no internet. There's nothing, nowhere. And when you're in a, a very small town, there's really no one to ask. So that was the main thing. And then what I learned is don't be emotional when you buy something. There was a house that I could afford, so I just jumped in and bought it. There's no due diligence. There's no inspection. There's nothing. So now I have this house. I'm not a maintenance guy. I, I don't know how to replace a roof. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff. And then all of a sudden you get into it and there's leaky pipes and there's things that are wrong with it. And it was one snowball after the other. So that's another thing is never, 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 never. This is commercial real estate. This isn't your own house. Don't get emotionally involved in the decision-making. Mm -hmm. And when you say commercial real estate, are you referring to it being a rental home, not a primary residence? Correct. Or, That's okay. what I mean. When Yes, I, I know the definition of commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. my, my apologies. But yes, what I mean is you can be emotional when it's your own house, right? You know, mm -hmm. the view and the granite. And when we get into investing, it's due diligence. Does it make money? Is it the right fit? It's more of a checklist thing instead of an emotional thing. How many homes did you buy? And by the way, we're going to get to the good stuff in a moment. But <laughs> That's all right. I, I, just, I just want to fully understand it. So how many homes did you buy before? Perfect. Yeah. It was eight units. It was one fourplex and then four single family homes. And how I bought them, it's like, Lord, if I could just go back and redo it again. <laughs> Can you believe that I actually got these, all of them, through the small college and they did seller financing? And here's something that your listeners may or may not know is that a lot of colleges get bequeathed a lot of real estate mm -hmm. and they are not landlords. So I actually went and talked to the guy who was in charge of the property. You know, he was the real estate guy for the little college. And he goes, yeah, you know, I don't want these old homes. So I worked out a seller financing, no banks. It was like the perfect thing, but I just didn't know how to do it. Okay. So you did seller financing with the college because yeah. they didn't want to own them, but they wanted to make money off of them. Yeah. And when you acquired them, I'm assuming that they didn't cash flow because of the lack of due diligence that you described earlier. Mm -hmm. And then you just kept getting behind and behind because of the lack of cash flow. And then you had to give them back to the college. Is that what happened? Yeah, that's what happened is there were some that had tenants in it, but things started going wrong and I'd lose the tenants. And then I'm like, okay, well, how do I get tenants? This is maybe funny for the young listeners, but okay, I have to put an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. Put a notice at the laundromat. There was only maybe two or three ways to do it back then. But yeah, that's what happens. Once I lost some of the tenants because things were going wrong, because I couldn't afford to get a handyman and I was trying to duct tape everything together. And then it was like, well, how do I even get a tenant, and then what kind of paperwork do I need for the tenant? I didn't have any leases. I didn't know what a lease looked like. I was just told by seminar land to go out and buy. 
would you recommend someone else who's starting out? Would you recommend that they attend a real estate seminar Mm -hmm. as they're starting out? I would say yes, but don't be a seminar junkie. It's extremely important to go to seminar land to get knowledge, to get motivated. Be extremely careful if they're, here's my $5,000 package, do this today and you'll be a millionaire. Just be cautious. But the biggest thing is, whether it's through seminars or whether it's through other programs, it's extremely, extremely, extremely important to have a mentor. So find a seminar or someone to learn from where they're not off to the next city and you never hear from them again. Makes sense. Okay. If I could go back and if I had a mentor that I could call, that I could now email, that is extremely, extremely important. All right. So let's wrap up the first chapter. And how did it end? Did you give them all the properties back to the bank or excuse me, to the college? Yep. Gave them all back. It was such a hard thing. And we didn't touch real estate then for a little while because how long? About 10 years. That's a little while. That's That's a little while. (laughs) And and I I even went to work for him, but then to pull that trigger again, because now we had to build back our credit. We had to build back regular jobs and things like that. Because now it's like, man, I couldn't find any seller financing. So I had to go to a bank, but it was a while. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference, February 24th through 26th, back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. This is my ignorance because I've never done seller financing in this way. How does giving it back to the college hurt your credit if it's seller financing? It was the credit card debt, all the other debt that we had. Um, Got it. Yeah, they did not report me. All right. So you gave the properties back, the fourplex and the four single family homes. Mm -hmm. You went to work for the college after that. Did I hear that right? I went to work for a very large property management group Okay, to learn and to take forms. (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) Borrow forms and learn how to do things. Learn what a five-day notice was or just the checklist of what to do. You said you were an airline pilot. Were you also flying? I was not. 
So what happened is I learned all that stuff. And then when I was in corporate with them, I took my lunch breaks and it was my dream to be a pilot. I got my pilot license when I was 17, but it's extremely expensive. So on my lunch breaks, I'd go to the airport and fly around. And then I made the decision to become an airline pilot. And now I was making money and now I could start reinvesting because I was making good money. That's when we got back into property. Got it. So lost homes, gave back to college, then worked for property management company. And then you became a compensated airline mm-hmm. pilot. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. It. Flew, okay. flew for Continental. Got it. All right, cool. What was the first deal after the eight units? It was a small fourplex. And Again, that was a little more of an emotional thing because, okay, here we go. I didn't learn my lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Let's are, jump back in. Are you still married? Yes. What was that conversation like with your wife for what? this next <laughs> <laughs> round two? What, how'd you know, that go? It was actually something that she agreed with because I had all this past experience. And thank God for Google. We are now in the internet age. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I had resources, but something that we both agreed on was that I sought out joined groups, you know, the RIAs, things like that, where I surrounded myself with like-minded individuals that I could ask things to. But that was the only way that we could do it is that I surround myself with people that knew what they were doing that were ahead of me. Four that allowed points. us to do it. A fourplex, yep. So how was it bought financing-wise, and how much did you put down of your own? Yep, it was 20%. That one was uh, around $40,000 down. And and, this is uh, in Scottsdale? Yeah, the Phoenix area. Okay, Phoenix area. Yep. And just bank financing? Bank financing. Okay. And then take us through how many deals after that until you got to hotel syndications? A lot. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was still an airline pilot. But then bought the fourplex and then saved up the money, bought a sevenplex, another eight or nine plex, and that was just with our money. And then the crash was starting to happen, the recession. And then I was like, oh man, there's some really good properties out there that are cash flowing. But what happened in the commercial area was you had all these cash flowing properties that are still doing very nice, but they didn't evaluate at the end of their term the loan. So you have all of these commercial properties, apartment complexes that are on five, seven, or 10-year notes, and then you have to refinance them. And even though they cash flowed, because of the recession, they were worth, instead of a million dollars, they're only worth 600000 just because of the evaluation. The banks would not give these cash-flowing properties loans. So we started buying some more, and I got injured as an airline pilot. That's another story. But Then I started looking because at that time I had a property management group and I was like, man, these guys are nickel and diming me. No wonder Mm -hmm. I'm not making a lot of money. You had one, meaning you had hired. I had hired one because I was flying. Yeah. I was gone four days out of the week, but this allowed me to kind of use my expertise that I gathered a long time ago to really look at what was really going on because all I was getting was these monthly reports. So I fired them. I was like, you know, I'm going to do this myself. You know, I'm, I'm going to be on disability for several months. And all of a sudden, it started rolling. I started remembering things, and we started making money. And I was like, you know what? I can quickly surpass. My wife is on a W-2, so if we needed new loans, that was fine. So I quit. Then all of a sudden, 
we got a 20 unit, 28 unit, another one of those, and then a 50 unit. Wow. And we just started rolling. And now we're talking maybe five years ago, and we're just accumulating these apartment complexes. And then I was also buying single family homes. Those are not rentals. We do what's called lease to own on those lease options. Mm-hmm because I don't want to be going all over the place and fixing things. Then I had this 150 unit. I had it for 10 months. And this group out of Idaho just emailed me and said, we want to buy your complex. <laughs> they wanted it more than you. I was like, no, because I was bringing <laughs> home a lot of money. What was but it bringing in? I was taking in just in 80000 a year mm-hmm. off of that one complex. You said in fees. Will you elaborate on that? Yeah. So. I would take owner distributions and just property management fees. Mm -hmm. And then I had, because I was in the property management part, I was controlling the loan. So I'd Mm -hmm. take 1%. I was taking these little fees, 1% of the loan amount because I was in charge of the loan. So Mm -hmm. you can kind of develop some of these little fees that you can get where it's Mm -hmm. not an actual property management income. Did you buy this with investors or all your own? Just myself. Just yourself. So yeah, that one. With the fee, help me understand, if it's just your money, then is the fee just moving money from one mm-hmm. bank account to another? Yeah, it's diversifying the expenses mm-hmm. of the multifamily. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that is necessary, I had a CPA that was telling me, don't take this big salary with property management owner because I was taking not only property management fees, but owner distributions. And they're like, look, at some point you're going to have to actually declare the salary and start taking withholdings. And Got it. Okay, you know, fair enough. So it's like, let's do these little fee things. So it's not just one big salary. Got it. Okay. But these guys kept coming back at me and I was like, nope. And they flew down there and looked at it, met with me and they gave me another offer. And I said, well, let me think about it. And then they finally gave me this one offer. I was like, my God, I've had this thing for 10 months. It was in a very, very nice area. So I'm going to be a fool if I don't sell it. Made $860,000 in 10 months. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to sell it. You know? Yeah. What'd you buy it for? 2.4. Sold it for 3.25, something like that. Mm-hmm. And how much did you put into it over those 10 months? Oh, hardly anything. It was full. This complex was government assisted where the government pays the leases. So I I had very little turnover, very little maintenance. The person that I bought it from took really good care of it. A lot of great landscaping, just basic stuff that happens. And because I could kick them off the government program, they took care of it. So when someone did move out, there's not that much to do. So that was a 50 unit. And then did you 1031 that money? I did. I had to. So that is when I got- Why'd you have to? Of course you don't have to. I mean, you could pay pay taxes on- You felt compelled to. I felt compelled. (laughs) I felt compelled to, because at that point I had around 1.3 million total because of some of the other 1031 exchanges that I put down, plus the down payment, plus- what I made. So I had around 1.3 total and I had been 1031ing all around. So that is when I was like, man, at that point here in the Arizona area, Phoenix area, the cap rates were getting extremely, extremely low. And I don't know if I'm old school or maybe I just don't understand it, but I did not want to then buy another complex at a four cap. 
and they're getting down even in the high threes for some good ones. So that's when, through my mentorship and through all this sort of stuff, I knew this guy that had about 20 years experience in hospitality. And for all your listeners out there, if you want to get into something that is outside of your comfort zone, how can you do it? And I had one of my mentors, I talked to him, and he said, here's what you do. You give this guy that has all this experience an offer he can't refuse. So what I did is said, hey, you know, find us a hotel. I'm not going to give you a salary. I'll give you a property management, but I will make you on the back end a percentage ownership. So now he has a reason to make this thing work. In doing so, he was going to teach me everything that he knew about hotels. So I had a built-in mentor that is running the operations on this hotel, and he's doing extremely well. And it, it is now worth $3 million more than what we paid for it. What did you buy it for? Bought it for $5 million. Mm-hmm. And we have now people that are trying to buy it for around 8 Wow. Why aren't you uh, selling to them? You could call it a little bit greed or anything like that, but I think this area is really, really growing. A lot of manufacturing, it's full all the time. We're just really doing well. And I think there's a little more room. In the past, I've gotten greedy to where I've sold too quickly because I was like, man, this is a lot of money I'm going to sell. And then I wish I held it for another year. But it got you to this point. And I Mm -hmm. wouldn't say that's greedy. It's just taking some chips off the table and putting them in your pocket and and reinvesting. Yeah. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend Michael Blanc who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Here's a problem you're probably not solving for right now. Have you ever had a tenant squat inside your rental and refuse to pay rent? Or are you worried about renting to a serial rent dodger? You've probably used a credit report for tenant screening before. But what if I told you you're missing out on info you need to properly verify prospective tenants? That's a problem, and the solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a summary of a prospective tenant's financial information using bank-verified transactional data you can't get from a credit check. This includes monthly income, payroll, past rent payments, and identity verification. Rentify's reports also highlight non-sufficient funds, overdraft history, and missed rent payments. It's all available at www.trustrentify.com. The best part is Rentify's financial reports instantly verify 
the full financial picture of a tenant within minutes so you will no longer have to waste hours or even days verifying their information manually. And you can eliminate the risk of being duped by fraudulent documents and losing thousands of dollars getting unreliable tenants evicted. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first report package. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y.com. Put in the promo code FAIRLESS, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first report package. You gave the person some upside in the deal. So you gave them a kicker at the end should it become successful, which it sounds like it will. How much? I'm giving him 20%. Wow. Yep. That's more than I thought it would yeah. be. 20% of what? 20% of what we make at the end. Wow. So if it's now worth eight, eight and a half, I built in that I get my $1.3 million back that I put down. And then whatever's left, I get 80%. He gets 20%. Good for you and good for him. And good for him. And here's the thing is now I have someone that, doesn't need the money that still wants to work and get in the game. And he's busting his butt. He's doing everything. We're in weekly calls. It is now a partner and it's worth it to him. It's worth it to me. Absolutely. And a lot of people would get tripped up over the 20%. Well, 20%, I could pay Mm -hmm. a property management company significantly less and that's a fee, let alone the profit of the deal. What would you say to someone who has that mindset? Here's the thing is every single property manager group on the face of the earth, I think, unless they have an ownership stake, they are not invested in that property. It is one of many. And I've seen property management companies, even on some of my other stuff in the past, I'm like, why didn't you catch this? Why didn't you see this? Why am I the owner, the one that's catching the fact that this water bill is $150 a month higher than it was? They don't care. They get a bill and they pay it. If something happens, they don't care if it's the highest plumber out there or the lowest. They just don't care. All they care about is their fees. They're not vested. I now know And yes, it's going to cost me 20% if we sell it in 10 years or eight years total. But I have a guy that actually is invested in the property and cares about it. Because if he runs it in the ground, he's worked now for five years, six years, and he's not going to get anything out of it. First off, I applaud and agree with your approach. But I assume Mm -hmm. there are some safeguards in place should he sign on the contract or the operating agreement or whatever it is that says I get 20% and then he leaves because you have to make it successful. So what safeguards did you have in place to prevent that from happening? Yeah, it's a great question. When you start dealing with JV agreements and all the paperwork, number one, you go through a reputable firm and you say, this is what we're going to do. And how can I safeguard myself? Number one is if he says all of a sudden I'm leaving, he has to give me notice and and that's fine, but then that 20% drops off. He has to be employed at the time of the sale for it to go through. Also, if he decides to leave, there is recourse because we're tied 
his LLC and my LLC has a combined LLC, which has another agreement to it, but he's tied to it. It'd be difficult for him to say, Mike, I'm just leaving without there being some recourse within the paperwork saying that you have to give me this notice. So after you signed the agreement over many years ago, if he left in three months from signing that, would he have any ownership? No. How long did he have to manage it? Until it sells. Okay, got it. I'm sorry. You said that. So if he's not currently a partner, then he does not get that 20%. Absolutely. All right. Sorry, I missed that. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is tied to. That 20% is tied to him managing. What if he's he's still around, his heart's still ticking, and he responds Mm -hmm. to emails, but he's just not doing anything? Does he still get the 20%? No. There's a provision that I can fire him as the property manager because that's what his LLC is considered the management company. Got it. So you can fire him for... Mm-hmm. not performing at any time. And mm-hmm. if you do, then he does not get any ownership. Correct. Because that ownership is tied into the sale of the property with him being on the paperwork. Cool. So the provision is I can give him 30 day notice that he's no longer my management. And then when that LLC drops off, then the agreement with that 20% that sale is void. I'm grateful that we got into this. We got to keep going and wrap this up, but thank you for getting into the details. Mm -hmm. This is going to be so beneficial for (laughs) a lot of our listeners. Mike, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best advice ever is don't do it alone, everyone. Not only get a mentor, but get a team. Things that have absolutely saved me is the ability to reach out to someone that has a lot of experience and just pick their brain, ask them questions, and then also have a team around me like these attorneys that are able to get the paperwork together that protects me from, for instance, the questions that Joe was asking me about my partner. Extremely important. Yeah. The more deals you do and the more higher net worth that you have, the more important it is to make sure you have someone with a legal mind looking out on your behalf and I'm so grateful that you got into the details of the different partnerships. The first one that didn't go too well with the college, but you learned a whole lot. And now fast forward a decade plus to the one that did. We're going to do a a very quick lightning round, which is a bit redundant, quick and lightning round, but I'm still going to say it. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? Great question. I am on the board of several charities, and I absolutely love giving my time and the funds. I've been extremely lucky in my life, but that is how, you know, to be able to actually be on the boards and give back because I'm a veteran. Veterans are a big part of my life, uh, but that's the biggest ways for me to do charities. Well, thank you, sir, for your service. I wholeheartedly mean that. And I'm grateful for everything that you did and your colleagues did and everyone who's serving still is doing for us to keep us safe and allow us to focus on other things besides the nasty stuff that goes on overseas. Yeah. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Please find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Michael Stoller. 
and let me know how you found me. And I will give back that way. If you have any questions for me, ask me anything that you want, and I'll make sure to try to mentor everyone and all of your listeners. You can also find us at www.gatewaype, P-E is in privateequity.com. Mike, thanks for being on the show again. Thanks for sharing your experiences, getting into the specifics of different partnerships, what works, what doesn't work, and how to safeguard yourself against certain things. Appreciate you being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Talk to you again soon. Take care, Joe. Take care. See you, everyone. <laughs>